Well, hello everyone. Good morning. Good afternoon. Maybe it's evening someplace also. Well, it probably is where you are, Carolina. <laughs> so wherever you are in the world, welcome into another episode of the Buddhist Biohacker. We are in episode 231. And we are joined with my sweet soul sister that I love so much is Carolina Helen. Welcome back in. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I'm so pleased to be here. And I just have to say, like, when I watched the, the intro, and there was all these DNA strings <laughs> spiraling, I could kind of go, because that's <laughs> kind of somewhere where I have been a lot the past uh, week or so. There has been so many shifts happening. And yeah, it's almost like hard sometimes to navigate this, this body, bodily um, reality, this 3D. <laughs> reality because there is like constantly some kind of downloads dropping in and it it always is a little bit different kind of to step into into the world mm -hmm. i so yeah. agree this last week oh this last week this eclipse season like what do you want to say about eclipse season and welcome in i see a lot of you guys joining please share where you're from and and i love knowing who's on because i we know most of you in the community and um Tomorrow's the solar eclipse. And is it the full moon or the new moon? I guess I don't new even moon. know. Yeah. Full, uh, full moon, new moon, new moon. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and solar My season. <laughs> dark moon. Gets the dark me going. moon. Yes. Oh God. I need a dark moon. <laughs> oh, so anyways, what do you want to say about eclipse season? Cause it's unearthed a lot. I feel like. Hmm. What do I want to say about the eclipse season? Um, I see kind of that this eclipse season is really like doing a lot of unmasking, which is kind of comical if we think about that people are actually masking up a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there's like really, I see a lot of this like feeling of the old um, illusions and, and, and the old masks of behaviors and um, stories and all these different kind of uh, false realities and lies that we have been kind of um, being consciously or unconsciously keeping stuck in, like choosing to be in in patterns and relationships and situations where we have known that this is not functional, this is not um, something that serves me or, or anyone. Uh, still, we keep on being in those situations and re um, that reality because there is so much fear of um, choosing differently because it's, it's the unknown. But at the moment, it feels more like we don't even get to choose to unmask and to kind mm. of peel off these false uh, identities and, and kind of these false lies that we have been living in for so long as humanity. So there's a lot of a lot of illusions coming down. Mm. Uh, what I saw in a meditation yes, in meditation yesterday actually was like. Um, I had a beautiful meeting with Hathor mm. and she was like showing herself in a totally new way for me. Um, usually she, she shows up as, a, as the winged one, but this time she was this huge nurturer of, of the humanity with, she had like four teeth and six arms and she was like just wow. holding all these infants and, and breastfeeding them at the same time when she just like, um, with some of the arms she was like holding the infants and some of the she was like planting these pearls into the cracks of of, of the uh, distortion like when when things the distortions comes that come down and crack open there was these cracks in the earth and she was like planting these uh mm. like really um, radiant pearls into the cracks mm. and at the same time she was holding all these infants. Um, so it was a really beautiful and special meeting. 
and she showed herself in, in a total different way than I'm used to see her, which was cool. She still uh, had the cow, cow head, <laughs> but <laughs> she was kind of the, uh, the luscious uh, mother body with the four teeth was kind of a surprise. <laughs> oh, wow. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. You know, th that's interesting too. Um, that's interesting because, uh, so I've been doing sacred cacao ceremony at home. I'm very much into this and it's probably been a lifelong journey with chocolate for me, but, um, I just was doing one over the weekend and <clears throat> I had this image of like that same kind of mother energy, like this holding of like the planet, you know, this like, almost like I felt like, uh, the planet herself was like wanting us to be in her bosom kind of. So that's interesting. Cause that's like the same kind of energy as what you're talking about is this, like this holding. Yeah. And, and we're in this time, right. Where they're like, you're saying it's a forced, I like what you said, forced unmasking. That's really profound because that is a great description of what's happening right now. And um, so there's a need to be held and nurtured, I feel. And that's interesting because last night we were talking with Jessica Ann about the importance of touch. And, you know, so that I want to segue into the work that you're doing, because I know that you've been doing all sorts of training and learning and experiencing with yourself and you're bringing it out into the world. And when we talk about touch and nurturing and it, it brings up all of the energy of Tantra. So I'd love for you to share what, you, what have you been doing? <laughs> yeah. <can> heat up. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so this is actually something that it's, it's so interesting when we get invited into different kind of taking different kind of actions and there is like opportunities opening up here and there and you just keep on navigating where where you feel yourself being pulled if you uh, just allow yourself to be kind of uh, riding the currency of the energy and this is something that I have actually been tackling with myself for so long I have been really masculine in my way of of driving light, uh, which actually I see also being one of the, the reasons that actually got got my body sick at, at first at the first time when I got got cancer. Um, so that took me more into actually experiencing with the pleasure body as I saw a healer or actually a healer came to me uh, when I was visiting my my little brother. And the thing that was actually why he came there was because he was delivering me ashes of a birch, which is like a, a traditional uh, Finnish folk medicine, alkalizing the body with ashes of a birch. So it's just a pure birch ash that you blend in water and drink it and it alkalizes the system and it's also uh, killing cancer. Uh, the other thing was like before he left, he dropped in this droplet that actually made me so angry. And what he said was like, you know, I feel like you should masturbate every day. Like you need to, you need to come every day. And I was like, who, who are you like <laughs> coming in and saying what I need to do with my body? Yeah. And I had kind of this. Uh, I have always been quite like sexual being, but what I realized was actually that it was not really integrated sexuality, but it was actually quite distorted. It was more of um, getting validation and getting things like manipulative energy, more or less. But that was something that opened up something in me that actually I needed to look into. So this has been kind of a long road um, where I 
have been tapping into different containers every now and then where this constantly just pops up mm -hmm. as self-love practices or embodiment practices to the feminine uh, way of receptive way of tapping into the body rather than doing uh, embodiment practices from a really uh, directive and strict way of, of doing a system like for example for me ashtanga yoga was very long uh, a love relationship and as beautiful as yoga is it can be quite masculine when it goes into the uh, alignment based yoga and, and really harsh like this is the only way to do uh, asana yeah um so i was kind of uh, dropping myself into the illusion of that this was something that was more soft and more feminine way of practicing, but I still was stri strictly on the masculine side of practicing. <laughs> um, and it came into the, the point where my body actually just didn't allow me to do yoga anymore. Mm. It can't handle yoga anymore in that sense. I can do restorative yoga, yoga nidra, and even short periods of of yin yoga but as fast as there is a slightest input of the masculine in my yin yoga practice i get a response in my in my pain body mm -hmm. so i have it kind of laying on a shelf at the moment <laughs> <laughs> and i'm focusing straight forward in the feminine embodiment practices that uh, was more of like where I guided myself in, I have always loved dancing and like sensual expression through dancing. Mm -hmm. And first I glided into a container with Shani Marie in a container that was called Enchantress. And that was kind of like, wow, like <clears throat> mind open mm -hmm. <laughs> or not at least uh, that much mind, but like my whole uh, expressive body was like just I was like without words which reminds me that I actually need to uh, also give her my testimonial because it was kind of the grand opening of all um, the other thing that it led to was actually joining one of the wild craze movements containers that was the feminine uh, frequency formula mm -hmm. Uh, which I did last summer and ever since that that was kind of like the holy shit this is this is what my body and my nervous system needs like this this is like my next level yoga so in that container we it like okay the, the feminine embodiment and the and the uh, channeling of energy through the physical body was just part of it, of course. Uh, but that is something that I really burn, uh, like have a huge burning for to do and to deliver to others because I have seen uh, in my one-on-one -on -one clients what difference it makes uh, in their everyday life when they actually in put on um, practice in their daily life where they get get to just feel the body and just uh, allow them be, themselves to uh, channel out whatever is there to be expressed. Mm. And especially in the time where we are at the moment, like when the, the whole world is kind of uh, went to south. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's really chaotic. So what that does for the human is that we get really stressed out, even though we choose a narrative where we stay quite neutral, we still have all these inputs from the outside world and from the people around us and our own fears mm -hmm. that we everyone has, either way we uh, admit it or go mm -hmm. into denial. So there's all these question marks, all this stress that lingers around. And what that does for our nervous system is that we actually get so overly fed with all these triggers that it makes our nervous system to collapse. Mm -hmm. And what that means is also that we actually 
also collapse our immune system. And what that means is also that we more likely get all these beautiful pieces of information in form of bacteria and viruses from the environments where we move. So this is where the feminine embodiment comes so beautifully in because it's basically more or less uh, nervous system regulation. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know you have well, been also experiencing some of that, right? Oh, for sure. Well, and I want to go back to when the very beginning, when you were talking about the orgasm piece, I want to touch on that because Dave Asprey, who of course founder of Bulletproof, and one day I'm going to get him on my show, um, but he actually just posted a podcast about this very thing and how important it is for women to have an orgasm every single day. Like our hormone regulation wants that. Like that is actually how to keep our hormones and our endocrine system and our nervous system healthy. Um, whereas a man is the opposite. A man actually wants to hold back the more that they hold back, the more that they carry healthy levels of serotonin and dopamine, where for us, we need to release so that we can produce that, which I think is really interesting. Um, and so I wanted to touch on that. And then, yes, like um, I could talk for hours about my nervous system. And I think what I'm learning about I think I'll speak to the embodiment piece. What I'm learning is in my own body, I had discomfort touching my body. That That's true, real true for me. I was like, oh, like I didn't even want to do my own self breast checks, you know? Like I didn't even want to do that. Like I was not comfortable. And so it was an opening to some really beautiful inner work that I did over the last decade to understand my body and to be sexual and to have permission to be sexual. And it it's so integrated with the goddess and it's so integrated with the dark goddesses. I mean, I think you and I are similar in that Pele and Hecate and you know, all of these beautiful Kali and Durga, like all these beautiful goddesses, the darkness, like that, that's a place I live. I love that, that place. Um, but I recognized how much I wasn't allowing my body to be in that place and to, to experience the womb energy, to experience sexuality. Um, it was quite a journey for me. And so I, I don't even know where I'm going with that, but you know, the, the, the idea of the embodiment practices, I think what's drawing me to them is it's an even, it, it's spiraling even deeper into this work that I was doing. But as I'm kind of scratching the surface of it right now, I'm thinking, wow, like there's still work for me to do. Mm. And, and and it's work collectively, if we take it to the narrative, I mean, I hate to go to the narrative, but if we take it, the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is going on right now. And it's all about trafficking and abuse of young girls. And so I feel like when you talk about forced unmasking, there is a collective healing of sexual trauma right now. So isn't embodiment practice at the forefront of that right now? Isn't that one of the most important things? And I love all these comments, you guys. Thank you. Good morning, by the way. Tamara um, saying, you know, we've been taught it's dirty. And Denise is saying, yes, we've been shamed for who we are. Yeah. That is so true. Like, literally for myself but also for many of my clients uh, as i work a lot in, in the sensual field of uh, coaching also uh, what comes often is also the the memories of like when you are a child you have the 
you know how to run your nervous system. You know what creates you the, the sensation of pleasure, what gives you the, the sensation of calmness and, and centeredness, and what gives you the, uh, the sensation of um, being fully integrated in yourself. Mm-hmm. So when a child goes into touching herself, then most of the times what I hear here is parents going like, stop doing that. That is nasty. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is just disgusting. Like stop that. Yeah. And that is where we kill a child's uh, sexuality. That is the most uh, like strongest sexual trauma that we actually get to experience. Then of course, there's a lot, lot more into that. Uh, sex, uh, like traumatizing uh, sexuality in children, like for example, incest and, and child trafficking and so on. Um, but most of the people have the wounding of that they have heard that this is disgusting. Stop touching yourself. Um, that makes me like, really grateful of that even though I have my, my own background in, in sexual abuse, for some reason I have still uh, made it possible for, uh, for our kids to um, grow up in a quite liberated ha- home. So there is like very little shame in going without a shirt, even though your breasts are hanging out or <laughs> uh, coming coming from, from the shower without any towel on and just like swishing. <laughs> um, <laughs> by all the people that sit in the sofa sometimes there is not just family members <laughs> which is kind of comical because my kids can be quite in their own world and then they just like switch by and it's like oh <laughs> <laughs> which I, I love it and everyone who is in our house uh, have more or less experienced that so it's so cool um <laughs> but what is like the embodiment and the orgasms what kind of what i pinged on also is this we have also quite narrow um understanding of orgasm and, and the pleasure uh, what i have experienced in myself and in my different relationships uh, in my clients that when we talk about uh, orgasm and, and going into self-pleasure practice the focus is on the orgasm kind of creating the orgasm going, coming into the orgasm which actually can um, kind of re-traumatize the system especially when you are unable to come mm-hmm. so taking off the pressure of coming and coming all the way into uh, the experiencing a, a, a powerful orgasm, and instead of going totally empty-handed in it, like like whatever ceremony or journey, just like allowing yourself to surrender into what on that journey mm-hmm. uh, can give the most profound experiences of more of sense. Maybe not even like an orgasm in in the uh, vaginal area or the penis area but in more in the energetic body kind of these explosions Mm. uh, which i can many times feel almost being like more beautiful more pure and more expansive than the actual like literal orgasm or g-spot orgasm or cervix orgasm or whatever orgasm we want to go into (laughs) Um, it's there is like so many layers to discover if we are willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and um, part of my own practice over the last several years has been to utilize the orgasm to clear my energy field. So um, I think that that's I don't know where I picked up that tantric practice, but somewhere in all of my researching and my own experiencing, it became a way like, uh, you know, when I was dating, like it became a way to kind of blast out old energy and to, and I would, I would actively visualize and still do, you know, actively visualize during the orgasm, like 
what am I clearing out of my space and allowing that energy to kind of, you know, almost, almost like the violet flame, you know, where you light the flame and your whole field is clear. It's kind of that same thing. I don't know if that's something that you've worked with, but um, it can be really a really powerful, like cleansing tool to kind of own your space again, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, I also use that um, orgasmic, orgasmic space to actually um, do magic also. It's a mm -hmm. really powerful way of calling in energy that you want to pull into yourself or um or for example uh, let me see <laughs> there's kind of a whole library opening up <laughs> oh. <laughs> like i i wish you could see it because it's kind of like <laughs> oh i love it i love it um, if only we could take pictures of our clairvoyant images right yeah <laughs> like printing them out. I have then. to show you, we've got a little visitor, everybody, a little cauldron mm -hmm. has decided to come and sit with us over here. <laughs> Which so, is what I was thinking when you were talking about your library. I was like, it is it's like a cauldron. Your womb is like a cauldron, not like yes. a cauldron. Yes. Cauldron. <laughs> um, that's pretty much so. And also like if we think about like the cauldron and when you when you cook something and you swirl on the soup in the cauldron, you kind of make this spiral happening in, in mm. the surface of the soup. And that's actually where we go into the zero point of the womb, into the like really uh, the point of, of creation and undoing. Mm. where we can receive the, the black light of the womb. Um, and that's a totally different story. <laughs> but <laughs> any, anyway, <laughs> dropping in. Yes, oh my God. Ingredients into that soup, uh, oh primordial soup. Um, yeah, so orgasm, you can actually use like even orgasm to actually pull whole like sigils or elements into any creation. Like if you are in a creative process where you need to have more energy pulled into that creation, into that entity of uh, business project or relationships or whatever that could be. Uh, so using that orgasmic energy to pull in maybe it's if you are a very visual person it could also come in as as sigils and then you just use the sigils actually to mm. to kind of seal your work um how also the like the feminine embodiment if we go into more in a churning um experience you could use also it to um, if we come a little bit out of the container of self-pleasure and just go in more in a in, in a practice mm -hmm. um, it's not that much of a per performance it's more of an experience and letting your body to channel the energy whatever comes there and there uh, what i often feel is that in the body there is so many uh, emotions that kind of ha have just been tossed to the side because there is not enough of room or time or there is a lot of shame around certain emotions. So we just toss them uh, to the side, but they still are in the physical body. They are just there in the cellular me memory and waiting for to be addressed. Mm. Uh, and if we don't do that, we get a lot of pressure in the emotional body, but also it starts to manifest in the physical body, in the, the psychosomatic system of, of the body. Uh, so with the channeling of energy, it could be like everything between you feeling discomfort somewhere in your body, uh, and you just allow yourself to tap into that space of the body and starting to breathe into that space and starting to see what what is kind of the energy what is the feeling if it has a color or a sound or 
uh, if it's um, if it has some kind of movement, how it wants to express itself. And often from that, it starts to evolve into something else and it, the journey can go on as long as you have time. Uh, but also if you need to have support of some kind of energy, uh, for example, a warrior or um, more of an enchantress or maiden, whatever energy you need to fill your cup with, you can start to channel that energy in uh, by the feminine embodiment, which I feel is really beautiful way of both uh, self-regulating the nervous system, emptying out what doesn't belong, but also using it more in a way of manifesting and calling in what you need to fill your cup with. Mm. And this takes us also into the acceptance of the physical body. So there is a lot of touching in the process of feminine embodiment. And touching and sound is the most difficult things that I see in, in the practice of the feminine. Because we tend a lot narrow down in the trough, but we at the same pelvic floor muscles, which actually de-stresses quite a lot about vagus nerve. And it's really hard to express your worst emotions from the space where you feel yourself being strangled. Mm, so it mm. takes time to really soften and surrender into the, uh, like really um, going into the total, um, uh, let me see the words, human words, the total surrendering just like opening up to be raw and seen in even in the ugliest expressions of your desires or feelings um, it takes a lot of courage and even more so if you have someone who is witnessing you in that practice mm -hmm. and if you don't have anyone who wants to witness you in that practice or you feel unsafe having someone to witness you in the practice, you could do it also as a neural work. Or film yourself while doing that. And forcing mm -hmm. yourself to watch it all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a journey. I mean, that's, that's a journey of inner work right there for sure. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is just to see ourselves. I, I always go back to how I feel my, and I say awakening, but that's not even what it was because I already was, was doing psychic work. It wasn't like I wasn't aware, but I wasn't aware of my physical body. And I always go back to touching my body and actually seeing myself in the mirror, how I actually was. And I, I'm going through a layer of that right now where you think you're a certain way and then you look in the mirror and there's this change in your awareness. So, you know, where you're like, Oh, I'm actually, this is actually going on with my body. And it's deeper than just, Oh, I've gained weight. It's like, Oh, like I haven't even looked at the mirror. I haven't even looked at myself. Uh, that was something I I'm working on right now. Cause the last two years have been so busy doing all this stuff. And even though all of this creative work and the podcast and everything, it's all great, but, but it was also a great distraction. And now I'm coming back into my center and looking in the mirror going, wow, I haven't even been looking at myself or paying attention to where I'm at or any of those things. And, and th that is like the most powerful thing, just looking at yourself, touching yourself. It really is like the key to a greater awareness, I feel. Yeah. And this is something that I is really, um, I, I see it a lot and it's quite um, a norm uh, for us actually to be that much of a love avoidant to the relationship in ourselves that we kind of get busy in all these other ways so we don't need to, to show up 
to love ourselves fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can feel like often, like if we think in the tor- terms of love avoidant and love addictive, it's really not that often that we are love addicting to the self, um, but more love addicting to the outer world and, and the validation of others where we actually start to, to avoiding being in touch with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We give that power away to someone else to fill up that cup. Yeah. While the feminine embodiment is all about being fully present, what's alive within me in this moment. And it may not be pretty, but it's still as valid as anything else. Yeah. I can't think of a better person to hold space for me than you. And I want you to share what you have coming up because you have a really special series coming up and um, for everybody out there. And we've got some great comments. We'll get to those in a minute too. If you guys have questions for Carolina also, you can put them in the chat box. Um, But I'd love for you to share what you're offering because it's really, it's really beautiful. So uh, this December, we are offering, or I am offering uh, a short journey, four-day journey with the feminine embodiment, uh, which is a little bit spiced up with the, fe- uh, the uh, Finnish mythology of a moon goddess uh, who is called Kuta. So we are going to go with her into a four days of embodiment practice, um, in the fe- feminine embodiment practice. And this is kind of also if if you are um, this why I created this was actually partly because I saw this distress in people around me. Uh, I noticed it my, in myself, um, and even like in in a uh, group where I'm part of a business coaching group, and uh, a lot of people are really in in so uncertain. Uh, of their incomes and everything at the moment because there is so much uh, stress because of uh, everything that is blooming up uh, and all the regulations. Um, And that reminded me like, we need to come more into the body. We need to get the tools uh, into the people, to the people where we can take the responsibility to actually take back our own power and learn how to run our own life energy through channeling the energy uh, through the feminine embodiment. Because how I experience the feminine embodiment, it's a lot of empowering. It's a lot of empowerment in in that practice. Uh, And it makes you to feel alive. It's like how I can experience it. it. It makes me to fall so deeply in love with myself and makes me just want to make love with life. Um, and this is something that I need or feel that people need at this moment. Mm. Coming back home into the body, learning how to love all of this. Uh, and know that whatever shit is going on outside of the doors or yourself, the main thing is to learn to, to take care of this and be fully present in this. And the beauty of all of this is actually my husband also loves uh, feminine embodiment work because it's not mm-hmm. just for, feminine, for a woman and it's not just for uh, anyone who sees themselves as a, as a woman, but it's for everyone. Everyone needs to, to learn how to soften, how to take care of the, uh, the emotional body and how to regulate the nervous system. Everyone needs touch. Everyone needs uh, loving presence. And everyone know, uh, needs to know how to take the responsibility to actually elevate your energy or empty the excess energy out of your body. Hmm. Mm. And it's it's four days? Yes. It's between 14th and 17th December. Okay. 
and it will be recorded for those who can be uh, on the live calls. Uh, I'm well aware of <laughs> the time zones. <laughs> it's always fun, fun to navigate through those. Um, so they will be recorded and they will be on the uh, on the Nagataika membership site in, in a group. It's a journey space, uh, which you get access to when you when you sign in. And there will be all the recordings uh, where I also will go on a live call later, like a couple of days after we end. There will be a, a questions and answers kind of live um, where we get to address any kind of um, possible issues or experiences that people want to share or something that is kind of bothering something to question. So that we get to also unravel anything that may cause some headache in the practice. And how long are the calls each day? Uh, they are two hours. Okay. Okay. So two hours a day, four days. I'm definitely going to try to, I got to check my schedule, make sure it all works out, but I think it's going to, because I don't have a lot going on in December because I took some time for myself. So I'm hoping to be able to participate. And I know we have the link um, in the show notes here, but do you want to tell people how they can find the information for the event? The information should be available also through the link. Um, there is more information also on my website. So you can go into nagataika.com and it's available also there. Um, most of the information is also in the link that you sent in, in the information or the description. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you go to Nagataiga, I did it this morning and I was like, I'm not even on your email list. So I got on your email list today. So make sure you guys also go to Carolina's website and get on her email list as well. And um, I love some of these comments I want to share. So um, uh, Tamara said here, as women gain their voice, they will learn that all the pleasures of the planet and this earthly experience are okay. Um, mm -hmm. And she also brought up to, have you ever paid attention to your mind after you finish? It's clear anxiety, anger, et cetera. It all falls away. And uh, those are some great comments. And, and it's true. I mean, the connection with the self, I mean, you and I talk about it a lot. Um, because I think it's it's safe to say that you and I easily access other dimensions. <laughs> it's pretty oh, yeah. easy for us. I mean, I you know, I don't think either of us have to work at it to like look at other dimensions or to access the Akashic records or any of those things. Um, my challenge is accessing my body. I mean, it's like that's the thing where it's like, man, and the more that the deeper we all go together, it seems like, because we're all in these unique journeys. And at the same time, we're all deepening into this same idea. Like you, we started out with, with the DNA strands, you know, it's like, we're all spiraling into these, the, the technology of the body, but it's like the body is the way in. It just is. It feels like the more that I can connect with my body the more I'm able to experience what I came here to do. Do you feel that? Yeah, I see the body in, in its wholeness, like, well, actually it's full of portals, <laughs> but mm. the body is the portal. Um, and I I just had like this conversation with uh, some, some of my, my team and they were like um, also dropping in that like, the embodiment or being in the body and moving the body and being present in the body, like when there is emotions, when when you are moving your body, being really present in the how it feels, and the more you can surrender and, and soften in, and like even when you're at the gym, you don't need to tense your, your body up that much, but you can actually learn to generate the amount of energy where the, the uh, body work goes quite easily and softly so you don't need a lot of effort to do things um but what they said also is that 
when we try to constantly like access all these different realms without being in the body, the system fries sooner or later. Because it's it's um, impossible to hold all that knowledge and all that information if you are not able to hold all that information that you have here. Hmm. You need to learn first how to uh, to access all the information in your body to be fully uh, as a librarian in the information field in the other realms. Yeah. So if you already have a lot of access here, imagine what you can do when you actually have the access for your body. Yeah. And all of that, or a lot of that, especially in, in women, it lives in the pelvis and it lives in the spine. Where also the feminine embodiment comes quite handy. <laughs> <laughs> liquid like water yeah Ooh. yeah yeah well and that's that's absolutely my journey right now i mean my my personal journey of all these books and journals all over the place and and lots and lots of inner work and and self-inquiry i've done in a decade and this next decade is about this is my journal and my inner work like really that's that's where it's at for me now is is spending that time and um you have been a way shower for me and and introduced me to a new frequency that i am so excited to dive into that i feel like is so a part of me and i didn't even know it and also is very scary because it's unlocking the, the trauma that I have left to deal with that I have not looked at yet or wanted to see. And I'm grateful to you for that. I mean, really, you're, you're showing me a whole other path. And what's interesting is the path, that path is also parallel to the Ayurveda path and Shakti school and why I chose that particular path um, for Ayurveda. The, the reason I chose feminine form Ayurveda is because it, it aligns with this frequency of embodiment. It aligns with this frequency of, of it's Tantra, you know? I mean, that's really, I mean, that's it. It's Tantra. And years and years ago, I probably have it sitting here in front of me. Let's see if I can scan and, and find it in order to show it. But maybe I don't have it right here. But it's right here somewhere. But Osho's book on Tantra um, was the first book I read about Tantra. And here I had been studying Vajrayana Tantra and have initiations with the Dalai Lama. Well, that's a path, right? And when I read Osho's Tantra and understood the 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 oneness of it, but also the importance of the oneness with femininity within it. Um, it just changed everything for me. And I feel like now you've shown me this whole other path and I'm really excited to dive into it. Totally. Something that pinged me actually was you saying this, all this unlocking, like when gliding in this, in, in this frequency, and I could see like this kind of like, it's it's kind of like opening a Pandora's box. You never mm. know what the heck you get. Uh, by meaning also <laughs> to the patriarchal uh, way of seeing Pandora. Pandora was something that was really bad and, and it was kind of the, the source of all sins and shit <laughs> in the world. While actually Pandora is the holder of the goddess keys. Mm. Um, so it's, Yes, it can be unleashing the chaos, but in the chaos, what is born? The new universe. Everything starts from the chaos. It's the great dissolving and the new creation. Mm -hmm. So we don't, we don't get to create anything new as long as we keep, choose to keep stuck 
in the old shit. Mm. Man, that's that just yesterday, resonance science posted on Instagram. Um, this incredible thing about that exact thing, talking about black holes. Mm. And now I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to look for it really quickly because it was, I'm sure I can find it if I search there. It was so beautiful. And it like literally is what you just said. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can find it quickly, but I probably can't. Let's see. Anyway, it was talking about, um, yeah, I'm probably not going to be able to find it now, but it was talking about how black holes are viewed as these vacuums that like suck all this energy when in fact it's the very darkness and, and the, the power of a black hole that produces life itself. Mm. And I love that. I remember watching too this this documentary talking about black holes and how it's actually the ascension. So when a collective consciousness ascends, it it becomes the black hole, and what comes out the other side is a new consciousness and and a whole new system and and birthing of starting over. Right? This it's it's the integration and then the separation all at once and. So what you're talking about is so profound because that's the same. It's it's all the microcosm of the macrocosm, you know, that that Pandora's box that you're speaking about is is for sure that. <laughs> that drops me in back to the, to the meeting of the Hattor. Uh, mm. When I spiraled up from that journey was actually um, when I floated kind of in, in this universe space. Um, and it was, in a way, I was uh, in my womb and going in from uh, the front of my womb. But what was floating out from the, the sacrum of, of my body was all these new galaxies and these new mm. uh, galactic systems and uh, parallel universes. Just like, uh, it was almost like, like you said, like uh, a hole and it's just like, it was just creating and creating and just uh, expanding. Mm. Um, so I, I think that it's that is quite um, aligned also with the post that you were seeking. Mm -hmm. it, like it was just like, heck, I just saw that yesterday <laughs> in my journey. <laughs> well, I was reading about it. I mean, it's I yeah, that's so cool. Well, and it makes me think too, I, I've been, so um, Neptune, the planet Neptune stationed yesterday. So we're in this Neptune energy and a lot of my chart is ruled by Neptune. And I happen to have a Neptune gong. It's like literally right there. Um, and uh, I guess there's my, <laughs> like you can see, there's my microphone, but that's, so um so what I've been doing, Carolina, and it's, ooh, I, I just have barely talked about it because it's just so, it's been my own little world. But I, what I've been doing is I've been going, I've been hosting my own um, sacred cacao ceremony with the gong. So I've been opening up and, and cacao, of course, I mean, it opens up all the, the sensuality of your energy field and this oneness. And so I've been merging with my gong and, and also taking in the cacao, the plant medicine in ceremony. So this is what I've been doing. Uh, this is what the gong showed me to do. It's, it's asking for me to, and eventually I'll host these. Don't worry, you guys, eventually I'll host some cacao ceremonies with the gong. But anyway, the other day, um, the other night I was doing that and I was playing the gong and I stopped playing it and I started singing to the gong. And as I was singing to it, it was resonating back, you know? So there was this like communication happening. And in this moment of communicating and I'm singing and, and there's this resonance, whatever it was about I ended up opening this portal and I saw these incredible blue 
like neon sparkly blue water sprites come flying out of this dimension, this portal through my gong. And they were like dancing around me and, and they were straight from the planet Neptune. I mean, it opened up this portal to that planet and these sprites were, you know, just dancing around and, and, and playing and laughing. And so when you talk about your own experience, I mean, that's something I just experienced. It was so beautiful. And, and it comes through this connection with our, it's that, like you said, it's the body is the portal. And it was the, 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 the resonance and the tonal frequencies that opened up this space. And so it was this like, and I could feel that like neon blue water energy, like running through my body, you know, like opening it up. And it was so, oh, it was so good. <laughs> and so it's just those moments, like you said, you know, when you're birthing galaxies and dancing with water sprites it's like it's amazing how awesome ain't that <laughs> ah, it totally is who it needs totally trucks <laughs> yeah and and it it's this this practice the tantra the embodiment the even the cacao itself you know the cacao is very sensual and and feminine and and so whatever plant medicines you're choosing whatever it's whatever you're doing to activate your body it's just Oh, it's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I just love you so much. I love you. So grateful for being here and so grateful once again to to have crossed our paths with, with each other. I can't imagine my life without you. I mean, it's true. And my husband is obsessed with with coming to Finland, like he, he's like, I, we have to go. He's like, we have to go. And of course, with all the restrictions, we're not sure when that will be, but, um, he wants to drive from Sweden to Finland or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. He's got some sort of thing. So we'll have to talk offline about it, but it was, he's like, we have to go. I mean, he, and, and, and it's funny because, you know, I mean, we just, I don't know what that's all about, except that we just feel connected, you know, and even my husband is like, we got to go. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I love it. And for everybody out there that's been listening or watching, um, I love you too. And um, do join Carolina's four day journey. I think you won't be sorry. And I think that there is no better way to spend this time I mean, December is really the dark months for us in the Northern Hemisphere, and it's what a great way to spend it. And I will definitely be signing up. And if you are in Ajata Casa, Carolina is in there as well and has a group in there. So you can absolutely connect with her there on a more personal way and find her on Instagram. Um, and just FYI, Ajata Casa is free for the month of December. So if you're not in there, go create your account. When you hit the paywall, just exit out. I'm giving everybody entrance in and you'll be able to go in and be a part of our community for the month of December and see what it's all about. And um, Carolina, I'm so happy to have you here. And Carolina's episode of Awaken Grace is up. If you guys have not heard her incredible story of healing, um, please watch that episode as well because it was it's so profound. And that was the first day I ever talked to you was when I did that interview. And I just can't, when I was editing it and I was watching that interview, I'm like, my God, like I was so amazed by you. And, and in looking back, it's like, I can't imagine not having you in my life. And it's so funny to think that we didn't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It was like, well, the, the first time we'll already like, we have like known each other for ages. Yes. Totally. Back. <laughs> and one day I'm going to be able to put my arms around you and give you a big hug in real life. And it's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, longing for that day. Oh, me too. I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody thank who's you. been watching. Please join Carolina in her four day journey. I would love to fill her spaces up. So 
go in there and sign up. And thank you to everybody who's been watching. Um, we'll be back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Mountain Time with Sacred Council. So if you missed the December transmission or for some reason you're not on my mailing list, um, we're going to go through the December transmission tomorrow. And we're going to talk a lot about the archetype of the alien. It was really, really big for the month of December, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So I love you guys. Take care. Thank you, everyone.